Howdy folks, you're listening to Smarticus Tells History, the podcast where we discuss some of the wacky and crazy stories your friends may have told you. So sit down, have a beer or two, and let's learn a thing or two. Hello ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Smarticus. This week, as you can guess from the title, we are doing a little history over the automobile. Most of us have them, and most of us think that we have a general idea about where they came from or at least how to do some of the most basic tasks, such as changing a tire, putting fuel in it, checking, changing the fluids, and so on. And well, quite frankly, if you don't, you should. That's just one of those things an adult should know how to do. Anyways, a lot of us folks seem to think that the automobile was invented right here in the U.S. of A., myself included. Why, we have all heard about how Henry Ford built the Model T and perfected the assembly line. And all of us good people who believe that would be wrong. Now, Henry Ford did indeed invent the Model T, and yes, he did indeed perfect the assembly line. Henry Ford's ingenuity did become industry standard, and almost all manufacturers today followed his methodology. His ingenuity is what made Ford, General Motors, and Chrysler to be the big three back in the 1920s, and still stands today, a hundred years later. But he did not invent the very first automobile. The first automobiles ever created were done so by Germany and France in the late 1800s. The problem is that there are many disagreements as to what actually qualifies a vehicle to be an automobile back in the day. This makes it hard to pinpoint the invention to any one man. If, say, you believe that a steam-powered vehicle would fit the bill, well, then the credit would go to Nicholas Joseph Cugnot. Apparently, he was a French military man who came up with a better way to haul artillery shells using a steam-powered tricycle. It consisted of a front wheel which powered the vehicle and steered it. It traveled at about 2 miles per hour and could carry roughly 4 passengers for about 15 minutes. After that 15 minutes, it would then rest for a little bit to rebuild the steam. Once it was recharged, it would chug along once more. The downside of the steam engine was that, although they were designed for trains originally, They were simply too heavy to make practical for automobile usage. They were simply inefficient for traveling on roads instead of rails. As a matter of fact, Nicholas's second model ended up weighing 8,000 pounds. That's almost three and a half tons. It was off-centered and tipped forward if there wasn't any counterweights applied to the back to offset the lack of artillery shells that it would normally have been hauling. Well, then you have those people who believe that the first automobile had to be gasoline-powered. Here, we learn of two different names. Two different men, whom had similar passions, yet never previously met, came up with the same idea, a gas-powered automobile. They even filed their patents on the same day, January 29, 1886, in two different German cities, it is. Their names were Carl Frederick Benz and Gottlieb Delmer. I probably just butchered that name, but all well. Benz had also developed a tricycle of sorts. Benz was the first man to have placed an internal combustible engine with an integrated chassis. He first tested and drove the vehicle in 1885. Delmer's automobile, on the other hand, was built underneath a common horse carriage that he had reinforced. Daimler also had a collaborator named Wilhelm Maybach. Their invention was the first four-wheeled automobile, and it featured the first high-speed gasoline engine. Well... Now, there was also a third option of vehicle type, one that we see and hear of today growing and growing of popularity, the electric car. 
The inventor of the first electric car is much under debate, however, it is mostly credited to a Scottish man named Robert Anderson, who, much like Dahmer, took a carriage and simply made it electric. The exact date is uncertain, but he completed this vehicle roughly between 1832 and 1839. His automobile was indeed electric, only it had a serious flaw. It ran on batteries that were not rechargeable. Then, there is an American inventor named Thomas Davenport, who also built an electric car between 1834 and 1835. There are also scientists from Holland and Hungary, whom are also credited with the invention. The main issue still existed, however, that none of the batteries were rechargeable. Well, that changed in 1865 when a French physicist named Gaston Plante was able to solve this problem. Electric cars today might not have been possible if it weren't for Plante's discovery. However, it's likely someone else would have just solved the problem. Take a serious look at the batteries that we had today. Most of our rechargeable batteries require being plugged into some other power source to be recharged. That has changed in just the past couple of years. There are now batteries that can be charged through what is called inductive charging. This is where you would take your cell phone or other type of battery that has a special plate installed that when placed on top of another plate, a transfer begins to happen in which your device is now being charged wirelessly. You can just pick up your device when it's completely charged without having to unplug anything. Now, imagine if this process was applied to cars. What if roadways had some kind of material embedded in them that would be able to accomplish the same thing? Such as solar panel roadways that also charge your vehicles while you are driving. It might be impractical, as there are millions of vehicles on the roads every day. It would likely never have a charge simply because of the sheer number of vehicles. But the idea is there. It's only a matter of time until someone figures out a way to make it happen. Adding the panels to the car is an option, but again, as of right now, not really practical or very attractive on a vehicle. Well, that's all I have for this week's history lesson. As always, I appreciate you taking the time and learning a thing or two. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And if you have heard any wacky and crazy stories that you want told here, you can go to our Facebook page at Smarticus Tales History and leave a comment. Now, with that being said, I'll see you next time, and you guys have a wonderful, fantastic, and awesome day. Bye now.